The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days for Jesus being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there. But they would not welcome him, because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, Follow me. He replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, Let the dead bury their dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, But first let me say farewell to my family at home. To him, Jesus said, no one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. It's not uncommon today to hear someone refer to being burned out. Burnout is a fairly common expression, which means we've exerted ourselves to such an extent that we are exhausted and really can't go on. I don't recall, as a boy or young man, ever having heard that expression. I'm sure people didn't work any less hard back then. Is there more anxiety today? Possibly. More tension, perhaps again. So that people burn out. You know, of the seven deadly sins, pardon me, capital sins, there's one that's become rather popular. In fact, I think they're all becoming rather common these days and even considered socially acceptable. But sloth is one of those. Sloth. There are two types of sloth, physical and spiritual. Physical sloth means that we are lazy. I believe the polite word for lazy, though, is voluntary lassitude. Uh, Laziness, it may be simply procrastination or idleness. Spiritual sloth, on the other hand, which is very dangerous, it can destroy us, comes when we no longer have time for spiritual things. Prayer life, for instance, the most important part of our life goes by the wayside or becomes very unimportant. Or we are no longer concerned about growth and virtue. We're indifferent to becoming better. 
Sloth is a very dangerous uh, element in our lives. And people don't often recognize that today. They lose energy. There are two theories about energy, you know. The one is that we only have so much of it. And once it's gone, it's gone. The other is that the more you use, the more you get. In fact, we never get our second wind until we've exhausted our first wind. But in any event, we are called to be active in the kingdom of God. But that doesn't mean, by the way, that well, it's not the same thing we, as rest, relaxation, and leisure. We do need that in life. Our Lord and the disciples had that. When they came back from um, proclaiming the kingdom of God, he said, come away and rest for a while. We need that in our lives. In fact, there was a great German philosopher by the name of Joseph Pieper who wrote a book entitled Leisure, the Basis of Culture. Without leisure, there's no culture, no music, no art. Uh, but in our world, again, we have a different kind of laziness. We see that in today's gospel. I remember huh, one great spiritual writer who said, better burn out than rust out. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. In any event, today's gospel begins with this episode going, going into, they're going to a Samaritan village. Our Lord sends messengers, and they won't let him come because he's going to Jerusalem to worship in the temple. He's a Jew. So they say, no, you may not come through our town. And James and John, see, John isn't this sweet, innocent child that we think of him as being. The two of them want, they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? They just don't understand why our Lord has come. That may come at some point, but our Lord has come to suffer and die for them, to win them over to himself. They don't understand that. And it's, it's, Jesus turned and rebuked them. And they journeyed to another village. So they then encounter three men. All of whom seem to have some enthusiasm, but all of whom fail. One says, I will follow you wherever you go. We'd like to say the same thing, wouldn't we? I will follow you wherever you go. Do we? Our Lord tests him. Foxes have dens and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. Are you ready for that? We say you want to follow him, but we don't, either because we are afraid, we are lazy, sometimes, or we are selfish. And then the second one, the first man volunteers. The second one he calls directly, follow me. The very last words he gives to St. Peter, follow me. And the man says, Perfectly logically, let me go first and bury my father. And our Lord says, No, the call of God is now. When I call you, you respond. Even good excuses won't work. And the same thing with the next one. I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to my family at home. Seems reasonable, doesn't it? Like Elijah and Elijah. The Lord says, No one who sets his hand to the plow and looks to what's left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. He can't go back. When the call comes, we answer it. And you, everyone here, I think, has to some extent answered the call. Maybe we haven't yet, but we will. Hopefully we aren't reneging on that call. But we are actually willing to respond to it. So then our Lord calls us. You know, there's a, a particular type of sloth known as pusillanimity. I always like that word. Pusillanimity. Now, a pusillanimous person 
is someone, uh, well, as, as the word would suggest, suggests a smallness of spirit that is unwilling to take, to do noble or arduous tasks. There's no heroism. They won't go beyond where they want to go. They are pusillanimous, smallness of spirit. And it's so easy to fall into that without realizing it. We really don't want to go beyond where we want to go, even though the Lord has called us to it. And that can happen even with religious. Religious can talk about burnout, too. Although I get, I'm never quite sure what that, what that really means. I mean, very often it means I've done as much as I want to do, I'm not going to do any more. Um, but in any event, we then look to our Lord as the example of what it means to, to be victorious over sloth. When Pope John Paul II was dying, the very last, words he, the very last word he said, I believe, was, Amen. So be it. The greatest cry of victory ever heard in the history of the world came from someone who appeared to be suffering the ultimate defeat and humiliation. The greatest cry of victory came from our Lord when he was nailed to the cross and couldn't move. They are amongst his very last words when he said, it is accomplished. He he said it is finished. Finished isn't quite the word. Accomplished is a better word. It's accomplished. It's completed. I have done what I came to do. The Latin word is even better, consummatum est. It takes in everything. That's a cry of victory. I've done it. I've completed it. It is now finished. Our Lord then goes on. Death doesn't come for him. Death can't. He goes out to find death and conquers it, as well as sin. He's the victor by his own suffering and death. Now, you and I are called to do the same thing. We are called to fulfill what we were created to do. As I said, so often we just don't want to do. We have other things to do. We look elsewhere for our fulfillment. And there is no other place to look. Um, I think so many people today would enter our seminaries and convents, but they lack the courage. They will give a thousand and one reasons, and there are some very good reasons for not doing it. If you really believe God's calling you to something else, don't do that. But if he is calling you, we shouldn't be afraid to do it. Again, pusillanimous person. So, I come back once again to that poem that I've mentioned several times in the, while I've been here. I like it so much I come back to it every now and then, always with this gospel, um, that sort of describes us in a way. Remember, it's by Hausemann, I think. And by the way, before I forget, The Eucharist is the food for heroes. We are all called to heroism. The Eucharist is the food for heroes. Um, Without it, we can never truly become heroes. We can never truly accomplish or fulfill what God gave us to do. Can't without the Eucharist. Um, So, anyway, the, the poem, as you may recall, goes as this. I think my soul is a tame old duck sitting around in barnyard muck, fat and lazy with useless wings. But sometimes when the north wind sings and the wild ones hurtle overhead, remember something lost and dead 
and cocks a weary, bewildered eye and makes a feeble attempt to fly. It's fairly content with the state it's in, but it isn't the duck that it might have been. That's true with us, isn't it? Sometimes we admire those who are flying. We might even make a feeble attempt to fly ourselves. But we're fairly content where we are, and we don't really want to make the effort. Well, again, I like those words. Remember, our Lord taught us on the cross, the good life is not necessarily the successful life. And so, we come now to that thought in our own lives. When the end comes, will we be able to say, not just it is finished, but it's accomplished, it's completed. I have done the work that God gave us to do, that God gave me to do. Will I be able to say that? That, after all, is the work of a lifetime. And that's why we're here, by the way, to receive the strength to do it. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come to you rejoicing in the love of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always respond courageously to the call of God, especially the church suffering, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, and especially for our politicians, they will listen to the prophets sent to them by the church. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that they may know that in their sufferings they are united to the work of our Lord, for those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected grace, we pray to the Lord. Lord for greater respect for human life and laws that will protect it, and politicians who will protect it, we pray to the Lord. Lord for an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will accept the heroic courage to proclaim the kingdom of God in a unique way, for a greater reverence for heroic courage in marriage and a single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time sitting in the presence of the word, of, uh, the word made flesh, they may then courageously go out and proclaim the kingdom, we pray to the Lord. For all those working on our new building, that they will remain safe, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed And for all of us here, that we may have the courage and the energy to respond always more perfectly to the will of God as it is made known to us, we pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Queen of Prophets as we sing. 